0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Frank Sinatra died May 1998 at the age of 82 years old. Ten years before that, in May of 1988, then Larry King had a chance to interview Frank Sinatra.
2: Why are you here? Why did you come to this program? I mean, I'm glad you came. No, because you asked me to come, and I haven't seen you in a long time to begin with. I thought we ought to get together and and chat. Simple decision. Talk about, yeah, just talk about a lot of things. But we came to town because, obviously, for the the Irving Berlin thing, which, by the way, was a big thrill and and fun to do. He was a great man. I knew him for years. Why don't you do more interviews? Uh, Nobody invites me. I'm serious. I'm quite serious. I don't. We don't get many calls for me to sit down and chat and, and do it. You don't get many. Do you think it's because they think you won't come? Maybe it's possible. You know. Uh, in some cases, I probably wouldn't do it because of either the person that himself or herself, or uh, their attitude about 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 things that maybe would rub me the wrong way. So I just stay away from that. But uh, I like doing them. I think they're interesting and uh, it uh, it gives people the chance around the country if they're interested at all to find out uh, what I'm doing where I'm at what I'm going to do and you also learn a lot about yourself don't ah, of you? course yeah. too of course because a good question uh, a good question can can open up doors in my mind that, that, that I would never think of discussing with anybody and uh, it's important actually that the interviewer is a uh, uh, does homework and and gets gets going instead of kind of dull, you know, yeah. when we are born and so on and so forth. And how tall is your old man? But you also have to have an element of trust, don't you? The I think feeling so. that the the person is sincerely interested. in Yeah, I think so. And uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't uh, uh, I don't mind uh, questions that that uh, that uh, uh, that border on uh, maybe a, a, a difficult way to answer because I try to find find my way out of it if I can. If I can't. <laughs> Then I say, I don't think I can answer your question.
1: That was back in 1988 on Larry King's show. Mark Shaw back with us. Mark, there was a time that Frank was singing on New Year's Eve at the Copa Club in New York, and Kilgallen wrote in her column, the list of people who could not get in was bigger than those that were already there.
0: George, you're psychic. I have that quote here. I was just going to read it. Absolutely. And and you know it's it's fascinating, boy. That's a piece of history there with Larry King. Yep. You, remember how he used to, uh, you know, stretch across the table uh, at the, at the guest. I mean,
1: and look and, right and, at him.
0: Yeah, and you look right at him. I mean, we don't see a lot of that anymore. I mean, he really connected that way. It, it's it's amazing. Uh, yes, uh, that quote is amazing. She said, "The list of celebrities who can't get in to see Sinatra is all, almost more glittering than the roster of those who make it in." Latest victims of the velo- uh, velvet rope include Zaza Gabor, international playboy, I can't pronounce his name, and Marlon Brando. And then she says, uh, this, about, this is what's fascinating about his relationship with John Kennedy, all right? So just before the election, uh, she wrote, only a few months ago, Senator Jack Kennedy had the crying towel out because those columnists were linking him with Frank Sinatra, and a senator protested the association was unfair because he had only met him a few times in California. So last week, the Democratic candidate for the presidency was the guest of honor at a private little dinner given by Frank. How
1: about that? Yeah, They, they were They, close, they, they were very close. Dumped him. Yep, they were very close, and then Bobby, of course, jumped in and... Uh really destroyed Frank Sinatra's ego.
0: Yeah, I think it did. I think it embarrassed him because it had gotten out, like you said, that he had redone that home. And, you know, everybody wants to be important. I think that's something to remember. Uh, Frank liked to kind of be a, a mafia wannabe like Melvin Belli did, the attorney for, for Ruby. They liked to think, have people think that they, you know, were big shots with the mafia or whatever, even though they denied it at times. And, you know, an association with the President of the United States, I mean, that you're a friend, and, and I keep looking at that photograph of him sitting in his tuxedo with John Kennedy at the inauguration dinner. I mean, you know, that's a big deal. To, I mean, Frank Sinatra is one of the most famous people in the world, but, you know, the President, it, you know, that's that's big time, and boy, Uh, He could tell people, you know, know, the president did this or called me or did that. All at once, the door was slammed, wasn't it? Absolutely.
1: Frank was married four times his last marriage to Barbara Marks, who was married to uh, one of the Marks brothers. And apparently, when Frank was dying at Cedars in Los Angeles, she didn't tell the kids about it, his kids. And they were very upset about that.
0: Well, that whole relationship with Frank Sinatra Jr. is interesting because, to me anyway, I've been doing some research for perhaps a, a, a future book on the psychological aspects, aspects of the Kennedy family. And the whole situation, too, with regard to the Sinatras come in there in the same sort of way. They were, they were rather a rather dysfunctional family, really, like the Kennedys were. And you know, when Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped, remember that? Uh, Dorothy Kilgallen wrote articles about that. That in effect, she really didn't believe that he was kidnapped.
1: A lot of people
0: still don't. And 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 uh, I have a column that the um, that J. Edgar Hoover uh, got a hold of, and on there it, it just says. Uh, wrong story or wrong, you know, whatever. But I, well, I don't know an awful lot about that. What, what's, the, what's the belief that, that they set it all up or whatever? Why would that have happened? Do you know? To
1: generate publicity for Frank Sinatra Jr. Oh. In order yeah. to get the world to go, that. hey, this kid, who who is he? He must be important. He must be big.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. I didn't know that. But why wouldn't uh, wouldn't he, why wouldn't they have let people know that Frank was on his dying day? Did did uh, Barbara did not get along with uh, was it Tina, uh, the daughter, and, and, and Frank Jr. and Nancy, and Nancy,
1: Nancy Sinatra.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, those those <laughs> families had some some issues. That's for sure. They weren't uh, a jolly family. Uh, maybe maybe not even in Chris at Christmas. But you know, again, let's go back a bit to. The fact of how did Frank Sinatra step into all these worlds that he did, especially the underworld? I have photographs in in collateral damage of him with the Fichetti brothers who were killers. I have them you know I have the, him uh, with a with a whole group of, of of mafioso with his arm around them and all of that um, He had women who hated him he had uh, the media who hated him. That whole uh, story that Frank, uh, that uh, uh, Paul Anka, the singer, tells about Las Vegas was where apparently, uh, you know, uh, somebody made a comment about Frank and then he just beat the hell out of him and all of that. So there was that aspect to him and everything. He had an awful lot of enemies. And I've been trying to think how in the world, you know, out of the five people I just talked about, he's the only one that died of a natural cause, how he got away with that.
1: There was a story that Sinatra, when he was singing at the Sands Hotel, it was purchased by Howard Hughes. Oh, yeah. And they both liked Ava Gardner. And so there was a hatred amongst Hughes and Frank Sinatra. Anyways, Frank is down in the uh, gambling room playing at the tables, and he calls for his marker. He said, you know, give me another $10,000 or whatever he wanted. Well, Howard Hughes cut him off. And said, no more markers for Frank. Embarrassed Frank. Frank says, what do you mean no markers? He said, I'm sorry, but uh, Mr. Hughes said there was no markers. Frank gets into a fight with the pit boss, who knocks out Frank's two front teeth. Oh, no. Frank had to go to a dentist immediately and get two caps put in. Popped him right in the mouth. Wow.
0: Boy, your use of the word enigma is true. He was a chameleon in a lot of ways, you know. He... Somehow or another, and and even his career. Remember, wasn't there a time when he, you know, he had all that success and everything, and wasn't there a time? I'm not sure what the the era was when it happened when he fell out of favor for whatever reason and was depressive and was going to. I think I saw a headline where he was going to quit at one point. Right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons why that Paul Anka wrote the song My Way oh. because it was like his walking away papers. But there was a time. Frank's career was going south and he then did from here to eternity and got his Oscar for best supporting actor and won.
0: Uh uh-huh, he sure And it did.
1: changed his entire career. It, it it exploded it all over again and the, the guy never looked back.
0: You know, I was just thinking, see if you if you what you think of this. I wonder whether his affiliation or his whatever it might be uh, with with those in the underworld, you know, and the knowledge that that was the situation, maybe that was his protection in some ways.
1: Because, well, well you I, know, I, about, I, I've talked, been told that in yeah. the beginning of his career, it's some of those mobsters that kind of backed his career and pushed him.
0: I think that's right. So I would just wonder if there wasn't the, um, you know, just the uh, the feeling that you didn't mess you know i've told my story to you and i won't do it again about my good morning america um, you know uh, experience when i interviewed a, a mafia don's lawyer and he said too much and the next morning they blew up his car i mean you can't mess around mm. with those guys no not at all and, and uh, you know uh, i in in the reporter who Do too much and collateral damage you know dorothy's hairdressers are telling her stay away from ruby stay away from this marcelo thing stay away from the mafia Because you can't mess around with those guys, and she was a blabbermouth and said she was going to, you know, crack the case wide open and all of that, and that's kind of what I think killed her. But, you know, I just wonder whether that appearance, let's call it, uh, that Frank was uh, connected, in that the word they used to use, connected, uh, may have... uh, you know, shied people away from uh, from going after him at one point because he had an awful lot of people who didn't care for him at all.
1: Didn't Frank Sinatra introduce Marilyn Monroe to the Kennedys?
0: Well, that's the other intersection that you have, yes, and and especially in, in that book, I don't want to mention it too many times, but in collateral damage, that's the whole deal because I had already investigated the JFK assassination, the 60 election, the Marcello situation, uh, Dorothy being at the Ruby trial, Uh, interviewing Ruby like nobody else did, and then I looked into Dorothy's death, as you know, and all of that, so I was going to quit. But uh, listeners, many of them from your program, uh, kept asking me, is there a connection between Dorothy's death, Marilyn's death, and uh, and, uh, JFK's death, and I started looking into that. And so it was interesting because I started with the fact that uh, wait a minute, uh, Dorothy didn't believe that Marilyn had committed suicide. She wrote a letter or a, a column about the fact that she was on the upswing. She had found a uh, you know a, 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 a love interest that was more popular than Joe DiMaggio. And I went to look at Jack Kennedy, and it wasn't him because that affair was cut off. And then I got into Robert Kennedy, and that connected in many ways uh, with problems with the autopsy that I looked at and everything. But it connected with the fact. That yes, again here was Frank Sinatra right in the middle of everything, you know, because he introduced Jack Kennedy to Marilyn, and then when that love affair was uh, was uh, cut off by Joe Kennedy, who didn't want headlines for for uh, uh, you know John Kennedy running for president and running around with Marilyn Monroe, there came Bobby, and so in many ways, in my in my books, I've said that in some ways that. Uh, you know, Frank Sinatra was an enabler because he basically set those relationships up. And then, as you know, I've, I've proven that, uh, you know, in my book, uh, Collateral Damage, that Bobby Kennedy was responsible for Marilyn's death when she said she was going to the media with, it, it, as talked about in that CIA document, where she was going to talk about the love affairs, she was going to talk about the matters of national security, including uh, killing uh, uh, Fidel Castro and all of that so Frank was all, right in the middle of all of that and at the same time you know he had had a love affair with her there's a photograph of him on, with her on the yacht there's a photograph of him up at the Cal Neva uh, Lodge in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 on the border of California and Nevada which,
1: and, which he owned piece of at one time
0: exactly and then you talk about loving a woman well you know he bought her a dog and you, rem- you might remember what the name of the dog was. It was Moth, uh, the short for Mafia. So, you know, that's true love when you buy a woman a dog, I think. So he was very close with Marilyn. But what my research has shown, frankly, he may have really thrown a lot of those women around and everything, but I've found that he really did pay attention. You know, Marilyn was not a dumb blonde. I've humanized her and JFK and, and uh, Dorothy in, in this latest book. And, and she was smart, and, and, and she you know, she re- was a big reader. She read Ulysses, for God's sakes. I, I've never been able to read it. Yeah. She wrote poetry that's in the book.
1: She was just vulnerable, and, that's and all.
0: he gave her the respect she, she had. There's photographs of him listening to her and them talking. And you know who introduced them there and talked to him about the fact that Marilyn wasn't just as she felt like the Kennedys thought a piece of meat, that she was intelligent. And they had some intelligent conversations. I've got a a photograph right here uh, at Peter Lawford's beach house in Santa Monica. And when I get down there, I want to go out and look at it because it's still there. But who's in the photograph? There's the Lawfords, uh, Peter Lawford and Pat, his wife. There's Frank Sinatra in
1: the middle. And Pat was one of the Kennedy sisters.
0: That's right. And then there's Marilyn, and then there's Shirley MacLaine. And, you know, it looks like Frank is paying attention to Marilyn. And so I have to give him credit for that because I, I don't know if he really loved her or not, but they were really good friends. And then, unfortunately, he, he introduced her into the nest of those Kennedys, and uh, that ended up being, uh, you know, the, way that, the, the reason why she died.
1: Didn't Sammy Davis Jr. at one point get quoted in a magazine? He, and they were very close with Frank Sinatra. But he said something that Frank didn't like, and Frank basically cut him off for a while. And poor Sammy went crazy.
0: Well, you know, that's why you you talk about the enigma. I mean, if you watch him on stage and the way he was, and you hear about, like, even what he was doing with Maryland, he raised a lot of money. He raised a lot of money for charities. You know, he had a kind streak to him, but I'm telling you, he had that same... Um, way of doing business as a mafioso did. You cross him. There's even a quote by his mother. If you cross Frank Sinatra, he will never forget it. Well, that's straight out of the mafia textbook. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.